how would you explain Gullah Geechee? Well, the first thing I was a little until I know anything like that, it wouldn't the Yeti people to crack your teeth for anything like that. And how did never Yeti on before? No. And that ain't a Gullah. And so I would first start off speaking in our native language, which is Gullah, and let people know that Gullah Geechee people reside in an area from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, Florida, encompassing all of the sea islands and 30 to 35 miles inland onto the mainland to a river called the St. John's River. So if they're the Yeti people that crack your teeth like that show when they come to you, that'll probably we. So when they hear someone speaking that way in that region, that's probably us. And we are the descendants of numerous African ethnic groups and some indigenous American groups. And fortunately, we are yet holding on. And as we say, we the Binya and we in the Guayana we're told home. Queen Quet is a published author, computer scientist, lecturer, mathematician, historian, columnist, preservationist, environmental justice advocate, environmentalist, film consultant. So let's talk with the founder of the premier advocacy organization for the continuation of the Gullah Geechee culture. I think it's really important that people understand that Gullah Geechee is not a dialect, is it? Right. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I like the Gullah dialect. And I quickly make it clear that Gullah is actually a language. It is a language like any other language in the world, French, German, English, so forth. Now, there is a bridge language that derives out of Gullah because Gullah Geechee folks started engaging with people who spoke Elizabethan English at first and now American English. And that bridge language is Geechee. And so others might also call it the pigeon to Gullah. So I always say to folks, if you want to look at it linguistically, Gullah is the language and Geechee would be a dialect of the Gullah language. You will see it misspelled in so many ways. So clarify how you spell Gullah Geechee. So the word Gullah is spelled G-U-L-L-A-H, and the word Geechee is spelled G-E-E-C-H-E-E. And a no I in Geechee if it a we. So yes, we <laughs> see it spelled that way, and we're like, hmm, there must be somebody that's not from around here. And Gullah Geechee was actually born in America. Why um, did this language come about in America? Well, Gullah Geechee's language evolved on the sea islands in the southeastern part of the United States because of the transatlantic slave trade and the combination of the people and their linguistic elements, so languages and dialects that came from Central Africa and West Africa. So you had Igbo, Mandinka, Malinke, Yoruba, Gola, Gizi, Mendi, Temni, Fiki, Bibio, and numerous other African ethnic groups that ended up being enslaved on the Sea Islands. And what they did was combine not only their language patterns, but also their food ways, their spiritual practices, and a number of other elements to create Gullah Geechee culture. So thereby, Gullah Geechee culture is indigenous to the Sea Islands, and it was actually birthed on this soil and emerged from it and continues to grow. And let's talk about some of that, our language and traditions. When I think of Gullah Geechee, I think of language, I think of music, food, crafts, faith, beliefs. 
all of these things make up the Gullah Geechee culture. You know, we have that certain clap. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about this, yeah. And I'm patting my feet as you clap. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Talk about some of those cultures that we brought from Africa that are still so much a part of the way we eat today. One of the biggest uh, debates and arguments is about the different types of rice. Like, you know, pearlo rice is a big thing in Charleston, but red rice is a big thing throughout the entire Gullah Geechee Nation. And you get to West Africa and you see a plate of red rice and they want to tell you, that that's jollof rice. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's red rice. This is jollof rice. And you taste it and it's spicier there. as you travel the world that the Gullah Geechee culture and language doesn't need to be saved, that it isn't dying. What do you mean by that? A lot of people who come to the Gullah Geechee Nation as academics and reporters have this preconceived notion that because they might have just become familiar with Gullah Geechee culture, that somehow it's something antiquated, it's something ancient, it's something already dead and archived. And they ask us right in our faces, well, is it your culture dead? Is it your language dying? Well, like, how is that possible when you're talking to living people who are yet passing these traditions down in our families and in our communities? As you travel the country and internationally as well, do you see traces of the Gullah Geechee culture and language in other parts of the world? It is really awesome to go to other parts of the world and stop patrolling down like this other thing I got at in a church and haul it. Wait a minute, you sound like my grandma. <laughs> and I have been in Nova Scotia, Canada, and had that happen. I have been right at the border of Mexico by going out to see our Afro-Seminole, a black Seminole family out in Texas and Mexico, and there's some in Oklahoma. I've been to the Bahamas, and they call themselves Seminoles there. I've been to Trinidad. They're called Americans there. And once we start talking 
and we discuss the history and the legacy of the families, we find out all of those folks are part of the diaspora within the African diaspora. There is a Gullah Geechee diaspora within the African diaspora that then spread our language and our traditions and our culture to all these other lands internationally. Our language is always a connector, and as we said in our Constitution, it's a code of the spirit, and the spirit is yet alive. Do you find that people have shied away from using Gullah language because they thought people might think they were particularly smart or intellectual and that this in some way indicated they didn't know the proper words to use? For so many generations, we were denigrated. We were told, and this is a quote from when I was in school, you will never get anywhere in life speaking like that, end quote. The same teachers who would literally beat my classmates literally give them corporal punishment to make them stop saying certain words certain ways and switch to speaking American English. Now ask me, oh, would you teach a course on the Gullah language? And to I, which I you respond. On them. <laughs> I just go to radio silent on them because I'm going, what kind of amnesia do you have after you have lowered the self-esteem of thousands of people? in your career as a teacher. And now, because it's popular, because as someone said to me yesterday, it's sexy now to say Gullah Geechee, now you wanna learn it? And and one of them said to me, um, well, it's the end thing now, Queen. And I was so offended. So when someone says, when you are speaking the language and someone says, I don't understand you, how do you respond to them? I just let them know that if it's meant for you to understand or overstand that you will, because Gullah is a code of the spirit. It's something that we have to feel, and I don't do interpretations because there's been so much exploitation of our culture, and I don't want to contribute to that. Let's talk about the exploitation and, and when you've seen it and um, certainly people recognize it when it's happening. But what is your reaction to it and, and what have you seen? I've seen Anglo-owned companies label their products with the word Gullah or with the word Geechee, whether it's spelled right or wrong, on it. And people go there buying because they think they're actually supporting the native Gullah Geechees. You know that you just spent a whole lot of money with a group of people that are not Gullah Geechee, right? They just have a picture of a black woman in their store, but that's not our stuff. And so last year we did a whole campaign to get people to stop that sort of branding, stop trying to make us mascots, you know, because it is horrible, it is painful when you think back to the fact that our ancestors' images were on what we call slave bills now because they were for sale or they were written about and sketched in newspapers because they took their own freedom in their hands. And then to have somebody just go and take archival pictures or something and take words, throw them on some product and say, well, I should just sell it too, because I like the name Gullah Geechee, but you're not Gullah Geechee. But there is a growing sentiment to change how we think about some of these places that we use in, in marketing and where we invite people to visit. And I'm specifically thinking about the use of the word plantations. We'll use Hilton Head Island 
South Carolina as a prime example of that. Most of the gated areas that are on Hilton Head are named Blank Plantation, like Sea Pines was the precursor to a mole. So Sea Pines Plantation. And we started a petition last year to end the use of the name Plantation on Hilton Head. And then there was another petition that came up from Berkeley County because all of these new cul-de-sacs and suburbs were putting plantation on their names. For what reason? These are not even the historic names of the plantations. This is being used as a marketing tool. And as I've said for a couple of decades now, what it is is that in the 1950s, Home Builders Association started selling the plantation a la Gone with the Wind for people to believe that that is the type of atmosphere they would live in. Now, as a historian, I am not against places that are literally still teaching about chattel enslavement and the transatlantic slave trade, keeping plantation on their names so you know what you're buying into. You know what experience you are going to go to. I have no issue with McLeod Plantation and places like that keeping plantation on their name because that's what they are. I prefer you not to cover it up and call it a garden so that they could try to hide the fact that all that acreage has blood in it. All that acreage is where African people were enslaved. All that acreage is still where you don't tell the truth about how this particular family you might celebrate at this garden got their wealth. And that wealth came by the sale of human bodies. And so the word plantation is a double-edged sword. Queen, you are passionate about protecting this earth. You are an environmentalist. What are your concerns right now for the coast? My biggest concern environmentally for our coast is definitely dealing with sea level rise and also praying that my people are prepared because of our fifth season of the year, hurricane season. We have to concern ourselves with this overbuilding that's happening on the coast because it takes away from our resilience. Now, go to Geechee's no better. We don't build right up to the shoreline. We always build inland, and we only take out the amount of trees we need. Like we go to the ocean, we only take out the amount of food we need. We're subsistence fishers. So we know how to live in balance and harmony, and that's what I'm trying to teach at every, on every platform that I speak on regarding the earth and the environment and being definitely a climate actor and taking climate action. And so it's really important to me that we get overstanding about this issue. Queen Quet, how can we stay in your classroom and continue learning about what needs to be done to protect this land we love and this culture we love? Well, please follow GullahGeecheeNation.com. And again, Gullah is spelled G-U-L-L-A-H. Geechee, G-E-E-C-H-E-E, no I in Geechee for the week. So GullahGeecheeNation.com. We have Gullah Geechee TV that you can subscribe to for free, GullahGeechee.tv. And we often post and blog about the different episodes of Gullah Geechee TV. We also have Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. So we use that as a clarion call on a weekly basis to make people aware of different land rights issues we're fighting, water rights issues we're fighting things to make sure our cultural heritage 
lives, thrives, and survives in ways that we can remain unified. So we're on all those platforms, and then the younger generation loves social media. So we are Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook. We are at Gullah Geechee on both Twitter and Instagram. And so with Instagram and Twitter, you know, you just get to share the little nuggets, you know. But we hope it's like them chicken nuggets folks like to eat that is so good to you. You can't get enough, so you come on over to GullahGeecheeNation.com and get yourself a full plate of food instead of just, you know, munching on the little nuggets. And so, yeah, I appreciate you asking about that. Queen Quachitas and Head of State for the Gullah Geechee Nation, this has been quite a lesson and just such a wonderful afternoon spending this time with you. Thank you, thank you. Always oh, good time for share with Hona and thing like that. So next time we have that fish fry, get that show flying together and thing like that, yeah. Like we're going to do all these yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you, Sister Murray. And God bless Hona and Hona Journey, yeah. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Carolyn Murray. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe, write a review, and tell your friends about it. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye until the next time. My God brought you liberty. Jubilee, jubilee. Oh,